Welcome, Welcome to, to Bibles and Bonnets. Hey, I'm your host, Praise. And I'm your co-host, Cheyenne. Get comfy, grab a Bible, and most of all, don't forget your bonnet for this evening's episode. Everyone, just bow your heads. Dear Father God, in Christ's name, Jesus, Lord, I thank you for allowing us to come together once again, especially with our bonnets. I pray that we each get something <laughs> out of this Bible study and that um, when you always say when two or more are gathered, your presence is here. So I just pray that you give me not only the words to say, but that you put words on everyone's hearts tonight to allow them to participate. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing I want to do is go around like a praise report. If everyone can talk about something they did this week or if they want to thank God for anything or just talk about how good he's been to you recently, everyone can get some time to talk about that, like in a few sentences or more. Okay. I would say, I guess, stability, I guess, I would say. Like, thank God for that, that I got money in my account to buy some stuff, that I um, am doing good in school, that my siblings are stable, like my little brother have a job, my older brother has three jobs, my dad's working, and stuff. so I'll say that really just stability for like my whole family that's good what about you during um i just thank god for a new day and waking me up this morning and that i'm healthy and school's starting on monday so i just hope that he continually bless me and i do well and stay on the right path okay so today yeah, no, I'm the dramatic one. Cheyenne knows this. <laughs> I think today I was really grateful for like the ease of today because most of the time, I don't know why, but I think it's because my job, like I've been too comfortable to the point where like I'm just so over it and then my attitude, it shows it. So I've been working on it. So I think today was very easy. It was like a sense of ease because I was just at peace. I was like, I'm grateful that I have a job. And excuse me, like, I just felt so like soft hearted. And like, it was just, I was just unbothered because I, I, I get, I think my patience, I'm working on my patience a lot because I feel like without patience, you don't have power. And that's something that I really, I'm grateful for learning, like how to take that back. Like, I think what I've been holding on to the verse is um, quick to hear, but slow to speak because not everything needs a response and you don't have to react to things as well because then that gives your power away. So that's what it is. That's good. Leah. Leah. Um, I would say probably my grades because I was um I was really doing bad with my grades and like failing a couple classes. So just being able to focus now is pretty good. So yeah. I'm happy about this Bible study because kind of I like it. You know, something that I look forward to as a Christian and especially as someone who my dad gave me the idea to do a Bible study, I always thought to myself, okay, if I do a Bible study, I want to reach out to people who seek God. And the reason why I say this is because it's when you grow up, especially in a word, it's easy for your parents to be like, okay, you're going to church today, or you're doing this, or, you know, be in situations. And especially as growing up as a teenager for me, it was like, do I feel like doing this today? Do I feel like even being in here today? Like it got to a point where my dad would do Bible studies and I would want to go outside. And I'd be like, dang, I have to do Bible studies. So after a while, my dad would let us go outside because he even said, it's your choice. But right. I feel like the fact that he said it's your choice to be here made me feel like, okay, I don't want to feel like I'm choosing something over God. Like, I'm not saying that any of y'all think this way. I will always want it to be just reaching out to people who want to know more about Jesus and just seek the Lord. 
feel like that's really important. That's an important step to further your relationship with, to want to get to know him. So with that being said, I'm going to start off with verses one to six. And then from there, I'll start telling people which verse to read. <clears throat> Jesus changes water into wine. Very iconic chapter. Very iconic. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not come yet. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. So to paint a picture, I would say, and using it in this now, it's like having a house party and the main thing, you, and you run out of food, the main important thing of the event you run out of. In this situation, um, one thing I like about the situation is when Jesus' mother, Mary, went and told him that there was no more wine, he said, woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not come yet. And the most powerful thing that he says is woman, because Jesus never calls Mary his mother. Throughout his time, even being on earth ever, and you can never find him saying mom, mommy. He always um, talks to her as woman. And another thing that stands out to me is, why, why does he do that? Oh, basically make a distinction. He, um, he, oh, like she's just a vessel. That's the main thing you should see her as. Because Mary, yeah, right. Mary is literally just a vessel used to get Jesus out of there. She's nothing more, nothing less. So by Jesus even saying woman, it's like he's making that distinction, like that distinction right there. So I always liked when he did that, even though I used to find it funny because I always imagine going woman. And another thing I like is that even the mom, even Mary, she goes, do whatever he tells you. Don't listen to me, listen to him. Whatever he says, follow it to the T, follow him. Basically, she's telling him, like, look, follow whatever he says. Like, you know, whatever I say doesn't matter right now. Follow what he's going to do. Okay, so from 6 to 12, from 6 to 12, Cheyenne. All right. I'm reading from the New King James Version, by the way. Mm -hmm. Now, there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to them, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have drunk, have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana, in Cana Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to the Capernaum, he, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. This is when Jesus turns the water into wine, and one thing I like also is when he says, when the master basically drinks the wine and he prefers the wine, that the water that Jesus turned into wine over the wine that they already had. And he didn't know that that was the wine Jesus right. he transformed. He was basically saying, typically, they start out with the good wine at mm -hmm. the parties. And then once everybody's drunk, then they serve the bad wine. But then he was like, you guys saved the best mm -hmm. wine until last, basically. Right. And it just goes to show you, even stuff that he touches is just way better than something yeah. else. Like, it could be the same. This is the best. This is perfect. Wow. All right. So, so verse 13 to uh, 18. 19. Oh, 18. <laughs> okay. All right. So, and then Jordan can read verse um, 19 to 20. All right. Now the Passover of the Jews was 
at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he had dove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changes of money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold those, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. And then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal, zeal. zeal or your house has eaten, my, yeah. eaten me up. So the Jews answered, answered, said to him, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? Okay, so yeah, during this scene, this is one of the few instances where you really see Jesus mad. Like, I always pictured him as this calm person, even when he talks with the extension of him calling the Pharisees like world of vipers and stuff, like getting a little angry. But I, the way I picture him is literally him with the Indiana Jones cord. And he's just, it's a calm day. He's walking into the temple and he sees all this stuff going on. And he just, like, he just starts going in. Like, he just, like, just starts hitting everything. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Because they're not really supposed to be doing that. I mean, they were, they were basically turning the temple into a market. Turning the temple into some worldly, like, market and stuff. And that's God's house. Yeah. That's how Jesus saw it. That's God's house. So one thing I feel, I kind of, the way, what I want to go into goes with verse 19. I'm going to just read 18 and 19. So the Jew, then the Jews responded to him, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? And Because remember, the Jewish leaders didn't believe that, you know, Jesus is the son of the father. They didn't even believe he was the Messiah. And they always would ask Jesus for signs. Even though they didn't believe him, they would still be like, oh, what sign is this? They would always try to ask him questions to throw him off his game because they wanted to kill him so bad and try to make him trip up with his words. And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. The key important part of this is that Jesus isn't talking about the physical temple that's like right in front of their faces. I feel like sometimes when people hear the word, they take it too literal or they hear something and then it's just like, oh, he means exactly this when it's about something else. Jesus was talking about himself, his body. As we went over last week, when I defined the temple and how I said John talked about Jesus being like the new temple, how his body's the temple and stuff like that. When Jesus was talking about this related to his resurrection, because he was raised again in three days. So he was in this space, it, like mind you, his resurrection, that's not even about to happen yet. We're in like chapter two, but he knew everything that was going to happen in his life. And he's over here saying, yes, if you destroy the temple, I'll raise it again in three days. And they're probably just like, what are you talking about? Do you know how long it took to build this temple? Do you know how long this took? And you're talking about three days. So yeah, he's talking about himself, which is still true because he is the temple. And also when it comes to, especially what the people were doing, how he drove them out, what, what did it say? Relate that scripture to stuff I go through now, because I feel like if the spirit of the Lord dwells in you, that's, you're his temple. Like we have the temple of God in us as well. But when you do certain things, like when you the allow, degrade your body. Yeah, like when you degrade your body with sin, that is similar to like how they was degrading the temple by doing all these things and stuff. So, I, so it's like sin has such an effect on you, especially when you're so into it that you don't even realize the wrong that you're doing because every sin has a consequence. It's important for us to acknowledge what, to acknowledge the things that are wrong and right and to have enough discernment to realize, okay, this is, I shouldn't be doing this and I shouldn't be doing that. And to like put stuff in your body that doesn't harm you. So it's like put stuff in your body that's more of God and allow the 
your spirit to just be like continuously cleansed through Jesus and stuff, like constant repentance or for acts of forgiveness of your sins and trying to avoid doing that. Because granted, because we have a sin nature, we're constantly going to slip up. We're constantly going to sin. But trying to avoid sin and but still messing up is not as bad as just falling in sin and allowing yourself to constantly degrade yourself. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, Jory, if you want, you can read from verse 20 and down. Then said the Jews, 40 and 6 years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name. When they saw the miracles which he did, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men, and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Yeah, so basically Jesus knows what's in your heart. I feel like we truly don't really know ourselves. Like we know ourselves to an extent what we think we know, but when it comes to our heart, yeah, you're always learning new things about yourself, but Jesus already knows what's in your heart, what's deep in your heart. I feel like half the time when Jesus was, while Jesus was on earth, many, the most that we're going to see is people being like, oh, do this sign. Can you do this? Can you show us this? Can you do that? Like people always need to see in order to believe. And faith is without seeing because if it's foggy one day and you're going across a bridge to work and you don't see the bridge because it's so foggy, you obviously know the bridge is still there. You obviously know that if you drive down that certain path, the bridge is not going to disappear because you can't see it. Even saying for he knew what was in each person because we don't, I don't even, I don't know what's in Cheyenne's heart. I don't know what's in Jalen's heart. I don't know what's in any of y'all heart. Only Jesus knows. So I feel like the fact that he even knows all of that just shows how great he is. And also with the, even with the um, Jewish leader saying it has taken 40 years to build this temple and you are going to raise it in three days. I just feel like because they didn't believe, when you don't believe, I feel like your heart is hardened. It takes longer. Like for example, even the Pharaoh with Moses, it, when he didn't believe it, his heart was constantly hardened each time. I feel like it takes a lot for them to understand, even to try to understand the Bible or Jesus' word, or to even take what Jesus has said, what Jesus is saying, because even his teachings, the Pharisees would try to question it or try to say something or try to outsmart him, and they can't outsmart him, obviously. And half the time when the Pharisees are about to speak, Jesus already knew what they was about to say, and he always had an answer for them. So as of now, I feel like I did a lot of talking, and I want to open the floor to anyone who got anything from this chapter or wanted to say something that, you know, that stood out to them. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward uh, chapter. Yeah, it is, but everyone has a different translation. Not a different translation. Everyone gets a different interpretation when it comes to reading the same word. We can all read the Bible, but each of us can say something different that we didn't think about Mm -hmm. compared to what we read. So, like, you know, Janae, Princess, anybody want to talk about anything that stood out to them? That can be one. Okay, what just stood out to y'all? Oh, I'll say something. Um, it was just that how like Jesus was like upset or like angry. And I feel like most people perception of like Christianity in general is that like we have kinda like everybody just think we're just perfect or that like they assume we don't 
have like emotions or we can't emote certain things or like everything yeah. must be smooth sailing picture perfect there's no problems but I do feel like throughout the Bible in general there are moments where like Jesus or God do get upset and I feel like sometimes when people talk about the Bible they don't really acknowledge the moments when he is upset they kind of like to acknowledge the perfect side of the bible or like oh yeah you'll get this if you do this all this good stuff is gonna happen to you and all this other stuff but they don't really show like the upsides and the downsides in the journey of christianity overall so i just thought that was like very interesting mm -hmm. yeah anyone else go ahead Jimmy. okay um, I liked what you said earlier, Praise, about, um, like, with the wine, um, like, whatever he touches is better than what we could expect, like, just talking about you, you saved, um, you have kept the good wine until now, but even reading that now and, like, thinking about it, it's like, what, what was the thought? I, I want to say it. You have kept the good wine until now. Oh, it'll come back to me, but it's, I don't. I just always feel like God shows up. Like it's like making you know what's good. Yeah. Right, and then God shows up, or Jesus shows up in this instance, and they take something that you thought was good, and then they make it better than what you could have made or what you thought. Yes, you know? what you could have expected, and I think that even goes hand in hand with a sermon I was watching with um his name is Mike Todd. I should know it by now. Transformation Church, either or. Um, where he was talking, he had two chairs and it was just like, one obviously looked much more sturdier. And then the other one just looked like, you know, it was a little bit smaller. It looked like the minimalism chair. And basically he was trying to get at which chair would you choose? So th in this case, it's like, which wine would you really prefer? You're saying you have kept a good wine until now. You would have preferred this wine instead of the wine that you've been drinking. But as far as the chairs, it just goes on. If you had known who had made the chair, the manufacturer, the creator, the person who like designed this chair specifically for you, you would have already chosen. It wouldn't even be a hesitation. Like, oh, I want the chair that God designed for me. But because we're so like wrapped up in um, what does it look like? What do people say about it? And like what, who brought it? Not even who created it, who brought it? Like that, that's what we're like fixated on. So it's kind of like, if you just take a step back and you look at, okay, what did work out and what didn't work out as far as like keeping in mind of like good wine, like dang, all this time I could have had this. It's kind of in hindsight, but it's always God's hand. Like that was already on it. It just took you a while to figure that out. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really good. Analogy that you brought, that was really good. Transformation Church, not me. Transformation Church. <laughs> one of my favorite, like, uh, miracles. Just one of them. But, like, I think the one, this is, like, one of the first ones that I think I, like, really learned of Jesus, like, when I was a kid, was the water turning into wine. I don't really, when it came to the water, the reason why I like this one so much is only because it's the first time when I was growing up learning about it that he said, woman, that I saw. This was only my favorite because he said woman and I always imagined it as woman and then I would laugh so this would be one of the few instances where I would laugh at a verse because yeah. I would picture him saying woman like at first I thought that was like well dang like why is Jesus treating his mother yeah I was like why he calling her woman why he I thought he was saying it more along the lines like he was like, that's how I 
that way and see it, but and realize it's a distinction that, yeah. to show, like, because imagine if Jesus called Mary mother at least once, the Catholic Church would have went bazonkers. They would have went crazy. Like, see, see, look, even Jesus recognized her as the mother. And then one of the crazy thing is with the Catholic Church is that they believe you have to get through the mother to go to get to the son, which is 100% false, false because yeah. Jesus says himself, you have to go get to the, through the son and get to the father. So now, even with that, even knowing that information and how they transformed it now, it's like, wow, Jesus knew like way ahead of his time, the way he taught and the way he said certain things and the way he placed certain things, because he knew that we would all be here one day. He knew about the multiple false doctrines. He knew about how people would try to transform the word, whether those take it literal, like Jewish leaders or those who just don't understand it. And when they don't understand it, they back away farther from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the fact that, you know, it's not too lengthy, but... I mean, it was honestly about Jesus to the point, like, things he does. It's always straight to the point. There's really nothing... I mean, you can debate all you want, but it's the facts are facts. It's the fact that the word is straight to the point that people can't handle it as well. Exactly. Because when Jesus... And that's why all these religions and stuff that literally omit certain things that are right in the Bible, they will take literally, like, half of the verse. And they'll be like, see... And then they won't and be run five miles away. That irritates me so much. The amount of arguments I have with people online yeah. who take little verses, and I'm like, wait a minute, the context, the context, please. And it's like, so if you literally would go to the Bible and like read the whole thing, you'll see that they're just making it up, but nobody's gonna do that. So then they, I've had many debates, not debate, no, on TikTok, I had a debate with this seven day Adventist. <laughs> and his position was okay this day is the only day you can worship the lord and when god comes back he's gonna punish those who did not worship him on a side he was saying so and i was just like okay so you're saying that because i do not celebrate god on a saturday but i celebrated him on a wednesday that i'm going to hell is that what you're saying and he literally told me you cannot pick and choose the days to serve god i said okay so forget what jesus said and forget what paul the apostle said um, because even Paul in Romans, he even says, if a man worships God on one day compared to a man who worships God on every day, don't do not judge him. Uh, as long as whatever you're doing is unto right. the Lord and you're doing it to him, then you no one is not above another. Like because if I right. serve God every day and someone serves him once a day, I'm not above him. No one is above anyone That's when it comes Romans, to right? Yeah. No one is Romans, I believe, chapter 14, yeah. but no one is above anyone who even Christians, no one's above anyone, no matter what they do. Right. It was even saying like, cause with, there's a whole bunch of, cause then they'll try and say, well, Jesus never said blah, blah, blah. Or like they try and say, cause there's yeah. a whole bunch of little petty things like, like drinking wine. Some Christians don't want to drink wine, you know, and you Which know, they okay. shouldn't, if you, if you choose to drink wine, nobody should make you feel like you're being a bad person. Like <clears throat> just as long as you don't have that doubt, like, Oh, I think this is bad. Like, I don't know. But if you're like, listen, I love God. I have faith in Jesus Christ and all this stuff. And you decide to drink, like, that's your choice. Just as long as you're but not. But even with drink, it's like, you have to, um, it's better to go through things, I feel like, with a sober mind. So, like, if you drink, like, occasionally or do once in a while, like, I'm not going to judge you. Like, you can do that. That's your choice. Yeah. But I feel like when it, it come, becomes a problem, because some people can try something. And then it, it becomes an addiction. Like right. Some people can't. Yeah. Like as, long as, not, right, as long as it's not. As long as it's monetary. Way, yeah. And 
like for example, my dad will go out to eat once in a while. He'll get like a red wine or something. Right. And you never... shouldn't be like that. Would be like you think, Dad, how dare you like, get dad, that wine? You like You're going to hell. Alcohol. <laughs> like saute your lips. Like I'm not gonna sit there and look at him and be like, okay, because it's different compared to my dad drinking. If he drinks every single day and he has a problem, he's making him do things that he shouldn't be doing. Now that. Right. You should never overindulge yourself. It's all about feeding your spirit and the certain things that you do allow to enter your temple really affects you because what you put inwardly shows outward. Like if you, for example, listen, not, I don't want to say listen to music. If you, for example, like to watch. Well, even listen to music sometimes too. Like. Even listening to music. I feel about certain music nowadays is that it glorifies sin, which is why I try to listen to the majority of gospel. Now, granted, there are love songs and stuff but i feel like majority of the songs that our generation listens to yeah glorify sin and that's why i was like okay well i'm not gonna keep feeding myself this music because i don't want it to feel like after a while it's okay and now i'm singing it or and it's like i think it's still about like overindulgence mm-hmm. and stuff like that and not you know people lack discernment now and people are greedy i don't think people they very like nowadays people don't really have discernment within stuff so like they listen to stuff and they feed into it it's one thing to hear something but it's another thing to feed into what you're hearing and promote whatever with that Mm. one thing that i will say when it comes to feeding your spirit is that there was this time so there's this app called webtoons i don't know if you guys heard of it it. it's basically this app where a bunch of creative people make comic books there's this one comic book called Lore Olympus. Yeah. And it's basically the Greek mythology of Hades and Chorus. So we told her about it. Yeah. And basically I was reading this story and I got into it. So I started writing a book on it and I was just like, in order for me to write the book with the character I was writing about, I needed to continuously read the story and look at the story and search up like Greek mythology in order for it to be accurate and make sense. And then there was always a, a point in my mind where I would be like, are you sure you should be writing about this because you know you don't believe in greek mythology and greek mythology talks about gods with an <laughs> s plural and you don't even believe in them and i was like no it's fun it's not like i believe in it anyway i'm just gonna write this story it's getting a little popular i'm just gonna keep it going so here i am getting deep into it i'm talking about i'm about to draw characters i'm about to keep it going people are saying they like it it and then I'm on the phone with my friend. I'll never forget this. I'm on the phone with my friend and my friend was talking about the weather. Like, mind you, because I'm from New York City, so it gets really cold. And I do not like the weather. So I guess it was going to be hot. So he decides to talk about the weather. And he, and I forgot how, what he said, but I was like, thank the gods. <gasps> right? But immediately after I said that, because I didn't mean to say that. I like, I would never say something like that, but I didn't mean to say that. So immediately when I said that, I was like, oh, <gasps> And then I got quiet. And then my friend on the phone, he knows I'm a Christian. He was like, praise gods. I was like, Because oh. <laughs> mind you, the main thing in that story was thank gods. Because all of them were gods. So they would always say gods. So I was just yeah. like, oh. And I that's the like, thing is like, oh no. So unintentionally, I was feeding my spirit things. And then it came out. Like that is what came out. Because that's all I've been feeding my spirit. And then after that, I was just like, Nah, not me disrespecting God. I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, I would never say that. But obviously, if I'm feeding myself that, my I'm unintentionally say things like that. So I stopped writing the story. I don't even. I don't try to read the webtoons. I'll just look to see if people posted like clips of it, and I'll just look to see what happened in the chapter. But I don't try to read it because I don't want to get back to that space. 
You also have to, yeah, like that's a thing of self-control, but you also have to listen to your, your body. And, and if you feel conviction, because sometimes you might not know if something is good or bad for you to be doing, but God will, uh, you'll have like a feeling of conviction and you'll feel like, okay, I probably shouldn't be doing it. And that's what you're supposed to listen to that and be like, all right, if I feel convicted, like I should probably, this is God telling me to stop what I'm doing and I need to stop. Yeah, most of the time God gives us red flags. And when you really start to build a relationship with him, you realize that all the times you received the red flag or been feeling like something's a no, that was him. And even if even though we receive this these things, we still be like, Are you sure? No, I'll still do it. Yeah. Maybe I'll just do it once. Or maybe I'll still go. And even when you choose after you still choose to still go after saying no, like that's your consequence. After that, he told you no, and you basically still did it. So whatever happens after that, that's on you. Granted, he'll still forgive you if you like ask for forgiveness and confess your sins and stuff. But half the time, it just be us doing something we know we're not supposed to be doing, and oh then the consequences follow. So like, we can't, we can't even be mad at him. I can't even say there's, yeah. there, there's been so many times where it's been like, oh, I probably shouldn't do this, and then it's like somebody's like, just do it, it's fine, and then I'm like, okay, well if they do it, I'm gonna do it, and then something goes wrong, and I'm like, yeah. Definitely shouldn't have done this. Like, you're it's agreeing, just like, you know. Right. If you're agreeing with your sin nature, your flesh, if you're agreeing with them, don't do it. That's what I'm just starting doing. <laughs> it takes a lot. Like you said, we need discernment. We need to pray for, the, for these things. We need yeah. to pray for like, even though I don't like sinning, I don't like doing these things, just help me with what I struggle with. And he'll help you. But it's about surrendering everything to him. Test the trial, especially as young women growing up anywhere. Because technically, unlike all the older people we know, we do not have a lot of experience in this world. We're still like up and coming. So there's going to be many, many trials that we're going to go through, especially through college or whether it's high school, um, job, working, meeting people, relationships, anything. We're still learning. But I feel like it's better to go through that knowing that Jesus is on your side and building a relationship with him and having strong, like, strong discernment. I feel like it will be helpful to give you like a sound mind and a peace of mind to go through those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also um, wanted to say, like, in reference to what we read today, like, I feel like just like the overall topic is like what God places His hands on, um, like when you come to Him. So I feel like, in terms of application for this Bible study, um, I feel like it would be cool if we like just voiced what we would want God for what what we what we would want God to place his hands on so if you guys were interested in that especially since it's Sunday so it's starting off on the week like what would you want God to place his hands on for your week um I'd want God to place his hands on just healing me and help me feel better with my fever and basically just continue to show me what he wants me to do. I'm still trying to find out my gifts. So I'd want him to just help me with discernment on what it is he wants me to do and how to use my gifts properly. Love it. I want God to put his hands on. Um, like I struggle with organization and my classes are starting and I really want to improve with that and balance both schoolwork and also like daily life. So I would really want him to help me improve on that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. I keep saying layup. Uh, <laughs> it's, no, it's, oh. it's all good. Um, I would say probably time management because sometimes I like spend a lot of time on stuff, especially like schoolwork. 
I um, sometimes tend to spend like over the amount of time I should spend on stuff, just like really get it. So I would say probably this week, just time management and getting all my stuff in on time. I would say, okay, so I have two, like one for like this semester and then just one for like overall for life. For the semester of school, I would say like mostly like perseverance and procrastination because I've been procrastinating a little bit during this break. I should do stuff and I was just mm-hmm. chilling. And for overall, I would say I would want God to help heal and amend relationships within my family, mm. like with everybody. Like I would say like relationship with like my mom, um, my older brother with my mom, just heal everybody within their relationship with each other or trauma that they dealt with their younger and overall that type of aspect for sure especially within the new year and whatever no yeah and i just i would i would say that i would i want this year to be a year to grow Jalen, do you have anything before we close out definitely just hand on anything my confidence Really? Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Really? Like the things I want to do, because without confidence, you're going to switch. You're going to keep changing in different fields, get into different stuff. Instead of sticking with something you, you know, believe in, or you know that you could be successful in. Stop saying confidence. Okay. I like that. I love it. Yes, yes. be your own hype man. All right. Wait, I didn't do mine. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I just gave the suggestion. Oh I gave the suggestion. God. I wanted to hear everybody else first. Suggestion that you went. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The floor is yours. <laughs> I definitely want God to lay his hands on, like, what I've already said, like, my patience and, like, focus. So I think that really goes hand in hand with everybody is, like, time management, procrastination, um, just, like, organization is focus. Like, focus on the bigger picture. And I pray that God helps me and helps all of us like with focus on the bigger picture and to have patience for it because without patience like it's it's either going to be half done it's not going to have god in it and it's just going to be like it, it just might just go downhill and you'll feel defeated it'll it'll bring to like you'll feel you'll feel defeated and then you you won't believe in it anymore so i definitely want god to lay his hands on patience and focus mm-hmm. If nobody has anything else they want to add, then Father God, I just want to thank you for this beautiful Sunday that we've had. Um, I pray that you lay your hands on our life, that you can help Jory with her organization, uh, Princess Procrastination, and April Princess's family to heal and go through whatever they're going through. I pray um, that Janae is working on her, um, what did you say? What is- patience, girl, what patience. Wow. <laughs> Patience. And Leah, I, I pray that you're working on your time management for schooling and all that stuff. Pray that we have a blessed week and that we can continue to shine for your glory. And in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. This concludes this week's episode of Bibles and Bonnets. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe to us on our Spotify and Apple podcast. And stay tuned for next week's episode. Later, guys.